0: Turn your Bibles a few pages to John 19. John 19, and let's take up the last five verses of this chapter. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name we ask the blessing of your spirit upon your precious word that we would rejoice in what we've heard already and in what is here before us by the pen of our beloved brother John. Help us now to see your Son, and to delight in Him, and to be filled with the hope and joy of salvation because of Him. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 John 19, beginning at verse 38. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him leave. He came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about an hundred-pound weight. Then took they the body of Jesus, and wound it in linen clothes with the spices, as the manner of the Jews is to bury Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden and in the garden a new sepulcher wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus therefore because of the Jews preparation day for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. Amen and amen. Amen. How about providential dots in that passage? (laughs) The father is looking after his son now a little differently. That's right. He isn't forsaking him. He arranges for two rich men to come and take care of his son's body. I want you to know that the body is called Jesus. That's right. I want you to know that his spirit is called Jesus. That's right. Don't you try to separate the two and think that the spirit is more important than the body? They go together. They're both us. And we're going to be us that way for eternity. Our spirits will be put back with Our bodies, verse thirty-eight, and after this, Joseph of Arimathea. Now, see the other Gospels didn't have an after this because they didn't tell you what's in the seven verses here in John nineteen, and what's in the seven verses here? The Jews asked Pilate to hasten the death of the three on the cross, get them down, and get them off the cross so that they could keep the Sabbath inviolate. But that's just that's what we covered in the first service today. So when it says in verse 38, after this, the other Gospels don't have it. They just pick up with what we have here in verse 38. We know what had just taken place. John's the only one that details our Lord's death and the work of the Roman soldiers that broke the tibia and fibula of the thieves with an iron rod. He only showed the fulfillment of two scriptures, by no bone break and the side being pierced. He only showed us those things. Those seven verses that we have in John, we appreciated, and we thanked the Lord for them, and I hope you'll be thankful for them. This Joseph of Arimathea had been one of those secret closet disciples that John chapter 12 told us about. They were afraid of being cast out of the synagogue. They were afraid of losing their jobs. They were afraid of public ridicule at the highest level of theological understanding in Israel, but they knew that Jesus was the Christ, and so he was a disciple. But he's given courage. Now what happened to him? There's already residual effects of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ through God's providence strengthening Joseph because it tells us he went timidly, boldly to Pilate. And the the father is already arranging this. And Nicodemus, who came to Jesus by night in John chapter 3, who in a council of the Jews defended Jesus in John chapter 7, is now working the streets of Jerusalem with a wheelbarrow. A hundred pounds of spices. I want you to enjoy these two men that God raised up. Matthew, Mark, and Luke don't tell us a thing about Nicodemus. They don't tell us what is in John 3. They don't tell us what's in John 7. They don't tell us what's in John 19. But we have here, and we put it all together, and I'm going to give you a summary of it as soon as I get to the end of this in a few minutes. And we'll run through a short summary of what happened here by putting all four Gospels together. He besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave. These two men are working together. Joseph didn't take a wheelbarrow of 100 pounds into Pilate's office. He went to Pilate's office to get permission, may I have the body of Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews that you just had crucified out there, while Nicodemus is making his way there with linen cloth and 100 pounds of spices. This should excite you. That's our Lord. You know, Mary was one that anointed him six days before Passover. Remember John 12? Some of you were moved by John 12. You wanted to know what in your life you could do to anoint the feet of Jesus Christ. Well, we want to love him right now by loving these verses and being excited about the fact that God raised up two men to give him practically a royal burial. Common people didn't get 100 pounds of spices. Common people couldn't afford that and to be wrapped in clean, fine linen cloth as these two men took care of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pilate gave him leave to do so, and he came therefore and took the body of Jesus. As verse 38 of John 19 tells us, the distance from Pilate to Golgotha was about 650 yards, a third of a mile. It was easy to cover it if Joseph had been there witnessing the crucifixion. We don't know some of the details, And I could speculate with you, but then it's not very profitable because I always want to stick to Scripture. Why did Joseph recently hew out a tomb in the stone near Golgotha? From God's standpoint, Mm -hmm. but we don't know how conscious he was of what he was doing. The Bible just doesn't tell us. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter because all that matters is God is in charge of all these events. And so God arranged... For Joseph to get up one Monday morning and say, Wife, I don't know what to do this week. I'm rich. You know what? I'm going to hire some stone workers, and I'm going to carve out the perfect tomb. Where? Oh, Over there next to Golgotha. You mean the place of a skull? That's the worst place in the world. Well, I, I own a little property over there. It's a garden. I think a garden would be a great place to drop a seed. Oh Come on, brethren, how do you read your Bibles? <laughs> did, did you just hear what Brother Newell read to us from John 12? Yeah. That was Jesus, six days in front of Passover, saying, get this seed in the ground, and there's going to be a lot of fruit. Right. What do you put in gardens? Seeds. Thank you. Amen. That's the extent of my farming knowledge. <laughs> that gardens get seeds, and the Lord's about to be buried. Now, I... I just want this to excite you because verse 38 is about Joseph and verse 39 is about Nicodemus. Verse 39, and there came also. So we've got two men and they work together because we're going to get a plural pronoun that is describing them winding up the body of Jesus in the fine linen cloth. It's teamwork here. They may have known that each other was a closet disciple of Jesus Christ while serving in the leadership of Jerusalem. Nicodemus, we know, was a ruler of the Jews. Joseph was an honorable counselor or lawyer or consultant for the leadership of the Jews, and he was rich. When you're rich, it, it, may, it opens doors for you. John 19, 39, there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night. You know that event from John chapter 3, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 100 pounds, it's hard to imagine that this occurred without some uh, conspiracy between the two of them by the providence of God. The other Gospels don't mention Nicodemus, but John, who has written about him already, tells us about him. And you know, don't let, this, don't let that irritate you, and don't diminish Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but they just don't tell us about Nicodemus. They don't tell us about the broken legs. They don't tell us about the pierced side. John does. But I want you to always remember what is John's goal. Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. And he's now being treated more like he's the son of God because the Father in heaven is happy with him. The darkness has lifted. The veil of the temple is rent. The graves are opened. There is so much residual power in the universe right now, just quivering, that as soon as Jesus rose from the dead, those people got up out of their caskets. Can you imagine them kicking the lid open and they come in and knock on doors? That's the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we're told some details here that should excite you. To care for the body after the Jewish manner, Nicodemus brings, these, brings all this myrrh and aloes. Not every person got it, just a man of wealth, an important person, like a king, would have a hundred pounds of a mixture put into that linen cloth as his body is rolled up in it. He was either a fit man, or had a servant, or used a wheelbarrow for 100 pounds of spices. This preparation for burial would have been very expensive, but fit for the king of glory. And it's hard not to think of my favorite psalm, and and let me spiritualize for just a minute, and then you can just flush it. But Psalm 45, when it says myrrh and aloes were the spices that Nicodemus brought, Psalm 45 is about the Lord Jesus Christ from first verse to last verse. And it says about him, All thy garments smell of myrrh and aloes, Cassia, out of the ivory palaces, whereby they have made thee glad. Verse 40. Then they took the body of Jesus. Now Matthew, Mark, and Luke said, He, Joseph of Arimathea, took the body of Jesus. But now we've got the plural pronoun because they're both working together. Is Matthew wrong for just saying he? No. No. From Joseph's perspective, he was right. Is Mark wrong? No. Luke wrong? No. Is John wrong for two? No, John's just better. Can we say that? Yes, John is better because he gives us more information, though the other three are also true. Then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Notice that plural and don't forget it. These men though they had been fearful for their positions or their lives, are here now to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. God in his providence gave courage where there was little while removing Peter's. Peter professed a lot of courage. The Lord took his away. Joseph and Nicodemus didn't have much. He gave them a lot. Don't ever despair of the Lord. Go to him in prayer and ask for help. I think you've heard today, prayer is the most powerful thing you can do. If you need more courage, go to the Lord and ask him. He's able to give a closet disciple of Jesus Christ, Joseph, the courage to go boldly to Pilate, the Roman governor, and he's able to get Nicodemus, who once snuck into Jesus by night, to come boldly in daytime with 100 pounds. You don't sneak through checkpoints with 100 pounds of spices. The Lord's arranged this for his son. The Lord's arranged this for my king. I'm his ambassador. I want you to be excited what God's doing now. It's light. The Holy of Holies is exposed to inferior priests that are standing in that sanctuary of the Jewish temple and seeing the cherubim for the first time. And they're not dying. It would have not been good to have seen it in the past. And they're not dying. Because the Lord is changing things. They wound his body like we envision a mummy with spices to preserve and enhance it and to keep the odor down if anyone wanted to visit that tomb while he was laying in that stone tomb. We know these were separate wrappings because we're able to read the Bible. Right. Look ahead, let's get past this point quickly. Look at chapter 20, verse 5. This is after the resurrection, and he stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him. This is John and Peter going to the tomb on resurrection morning when they first know that he's risen from the dead, and went into the sepulcher and see if the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. You understand why those three verses are there, don't you? Yes. This was written in light of the Shroud of Turin. For us to know that there were two burial cloths around the Lord Jesus Christ, one around his body, one around his head, and when they were taken off of him after his resurrection, they were put in two separate piles so nobody would be confused that the shroud was a shroud of him. I love the Bible. If we go back a few chapters to John chapter 11, in verse 44 it tells us what Lazarus looked like when he came out of his tomb. And he that was dead, John 11:44, came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, bound up. He was wrapped up like a mummy, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Amazing. Two witnesses, how they buried Jews. Jesus saith unto them, loose them, and let him go. So how would they have loosed him? Do you want me to show you? He had to spin a few times. For them to get all that cloth off him. Yep. Brother, it's true. Amen. I, want every, I, want, I want everyone else to think about every word of this book. Yes. This is the only history that you can read that is absolutely true. Yes. And it's about the most important events in the history of the world. Yes. The death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the fathers arranged two men that are doing a classy job. A stone sepulcher, never used, brand new. A great stone to roll in front of it, a hundred pounds of spices, linen cloth already. I wonder what store they stopped at to get that. Did a drone bring it to them? What did God do to these two men to be prepared for this? I love your government of the world, Amen. your son you will always honor. John the Baptist got a word of wisdom. When you see the Spirit of God descending from heaven and not leaving a man, you can know that he's the Son of God. Yes. That was the Father whispering to John the Baptist from beginning to end. It's all about the Son. The Father loveth the Son. If I told you that in our travels through John? Let me tell you again. The Father loveth the Son. Right. And if you'll love the Son and keep the Son's commandments the Father and the Son will come to you. Those are, the, those are some of the best verses in John 14, verses 21 and 23. Verse 41. You know, let's back up for just a second into verse 40. Ananias was rolled up just like that in Acts chapter 5, just like Lazarus, just like Jesus to give you three examples if you wanted it. This costly and careful preparation for burial was odd, for his burial was odd if he were only a mere criminal. But he's the son of God. Jesus fulfilled God's will with his death and was in heaven, so God arranged some honor for his body. No doubt about it, the darkness disappeared, the temple veil rent, the resurrection power. There was just a token given out by opening graves while Jesus' grave was closed. The Jews did not embalm bodies like Egyptians or Americans. They put spices on the body. They didn't mess around with going inside the body. They just covered it with spices. This was to drive away the smell of decay for any that might come near the body in the days following. Verse 41, now in the place where he was crucified, that's Golgotha in Hebrew, that's Calvary in Latin through Greek, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new sepulcher, wherein was never man yet laid. Whose sepulcher was it? Joseph's. So whose garden was it? Joseph's. So he had a garden next to the skull. Nice. Do tomatoes grow better? Whatever he had in his garden, whether it was flowers or whatever, but he put his tomb there, and it was brand new, and it was chiseled out of rock. And there was a great stone there to roll in front of it, perfectly prepared for the Lord. The preparations of the heart and man, the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And I, I trust that. Everywhere at all times, I trust the Lord in these kind of things. Outside the walls of Jerusalem, there was a garden near Golgotha, near the skull near the place of execution of the Romans, and in that garden was planted a seed for an innumerable multitude. A seed went into that tomb in that garden for me. A seed, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, suffering death, went into that garden, into that tomb for you, and was planted. And so John 12, 20 through 26, for Greeks, starts to come to fruition. You remember what Brother Newell read to you? Was Greeks came to see Jesus? Jesus? we would see Jesus, Greeks. And Jesus said, the hour has come for me to be glorified, and when I'm put in the ground, there is going to be a great fruitful season and harvest. And we look, here we are 2,000 years later, the effect of his body being put in the ground. Based on John 12 and verse 24. A new sepulcher. He had just made it. We don't know, but we know that he was in charge. The Lord was in charge. There was a garden and a sepulcher made, and no one was ever put in there. A grave with the dust of others was not fit for our Lord because the Bible says he was separate from sinners. He had his own perfect grave. Now, after three days, it was available for rent because you didn't know how long you were going to stay there. I'm just. It was available after three days, and hopefully Joseph of Arimathea got to use it Wouldn't that be a great place to be buried? The one where the Lord was and blew it wide open? There laid they Jesus, therefore. Now that therefore is important because it ties this whole 12 verses together. Because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. There laid they, that's Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they or the third word in verse 42, they laid the body of Jesus, though they call him Jesus, because you can call a body the person, because the body is part of the person. There laid they Jesus, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand, because that Sabbath day of the Passover feast was getting very close. It could have been 530. It could have been 545. It could have been 550. It was very close To the day transitioning from the preparation day to the Sabbath day, then they wouldn't have been allowed to move. There was a Sabbath day journey of just a few hundred yards that you could walk on a Sabbath day. You could, do you remember Jesus' warning about the destruction of Jerusalem? Pray that it's not on the Sabbath day when you see Jerusalem encompassed with armies because you won't be able to go very far. And so that day is hastening on, and that's what verse 31 got us started with. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, that starts us, this ends us. There laid they Jesus, therefore, because the sepulcher was so close to Golgotha and that garden that contained it, they could get there very quickly and get him in the ground before 6 o'clock. And we could construct a timeline from 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock, but it would be, it would be speculation. We could estimate you know, how long it took the various stages in there, but it's all done by 6. you know what's happened in 24 hours? Jesus Christ ate the Passover lamb, and Jesus Christ is in his tomb in 24 hours. But what a 24 hours. Turned this world upside down. The time, by all indications, was rapidly approaching 6, so they buried him quickly. The Jews prepared to rest their beggarly Sabbath day, ignorant of Jesus Christ's rest provided by his death. You know that Hebrews chapters 3 and 4 spends two chapters on the fact that the Sabbath day rest isn't much of a rest, and Canaan wasn't much of a rest. But there's another rest, and that's a rest accomplished by the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's not heaven it's the gospel of knowing that our redemption is completely fulfilled by the lord jesus christ two whole right. chapters but there they are so scrupulous about their beggarly sabbath day where did i get why am i calling it beggarly cuz paul did right. calling it let me call it some other names carnal rudimentary elementary worldly five adjectives paul used for the sabbath what kind of a jew was he a saved jew right That's what kind of a Jew he was, a saved Jew. Joseph was a rich man, and our Lord's burial in his tomb fulfilled scripture in Isaiah 53 and verse 9, where his grave would be with the rich because he was buried in a rich man's tomb, though he was treated like a common criminal on the cross. Let us never forget the importance to bury our bodies properly in hope of resurrection. Let me just chase this for a minute or two. Cremation stolen from Buddhists, Hindus, and other pagans has become the norm in our country. That means more than, the, more than 50%. It's become the majority. There is just as much hope for our resurrection as there was for our Lord's. You should count on your resurrection just as much as you read the Gospels and know that Jesus, you haven't read John 20 yet. How do you know he's going to rise from the dead? because you know what John 20 says before you read it because you've read it before right. but you know Jesus is going to rise from the dead you should have as much confidence about yours because he's the first fruits of them that slept he can't there cannot be an interruption that seed was planted and everyone attached to him bound to him by the eternal covenant of election and predestination shall realize their destiny by being in heaven and so we show that by putting people in a comfortable bed, that was my mom that we put in a comfortable bed. You say it's just her body. That was my mom. Don't deny scripture. Right. They're both my mom. But she was nice and comfortable. We got her hair done. A little bit of makeup. Favorite dress. Put her on some nice satin pillows and Sheets. And I love my mother. But she was she was lying on her back, ready to reach up and take the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ when he says, Come up. He's gonna do that for every one of us. God did it for his son, and his son's gonna do it for all of us. John 5 28 and 29 marvel not at this, forget regeneration. That's too simple. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. Amen. They that have done good under the resurrection of life and they that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming. Let's bury our dead and make a deal about it. Did Abraham make a big deal about Sarah's? He bought property in Canaan. He didn't own any other property to bury Sarah. He mourned for Sarah. It's perfectly appropriate. I've preached that to you. It's it's a PowerPoint presentation called Eulogies, Funerals, and Funeral Processions or something like that. I thank God for the Simpsonville Police Department who gave my mother 100 pounds of aloes and myrrh with their white glove treatment on the way to her cemetery. I hate cremation so much, it burns me. He was the first... Listen... Oh, my. You guys are smarter than I am. Thank you, Lord, for giving me that pun. Play on words. I hate it. I hate it. It's part the resurrection is so much a part of our Christian faith. If you can't afford burial, I'll afford it for you. The general fund will afford it for you. Don't whine about money. Did Nicodemus whine about money? Did Joseph whine about losing a tomb? <laughs> For three days. No, he didn't whine. Don't do any of that stupid stuff. Money money isn't the measure of a life. Righteousness is the measure of a life. Hope is the measure. Faith is the measure. Peace, love, joy, trust in God. He's going to come back. We lay them on their back in a comfortable bed because the Bible says they are Sleep. Sleeping because that is all they are doing. He's going to come and wake them up. So we want to love burials and hate cremation. He was the first fruits of them that slept. That's twice in 1 Corinthians 15, that wonderful resurrection chapter I read to you this morning. When he returns, he will raise our dead bodies first before gathering the living. living. And that's a wonderful fact. And so John 19 comes to a close by tying verse 31 to verse 42 that because of the Jews' holiday that was there, that passover day that they ate the lamb in the evening that preceded the day then jesus was arrested that night hung on the cross during the daylight hours of nine to three then it took a little while for the jews to get the pilot to get the soldiers to break their legs because they weren't going to do it that quickly they wanted them to hang there for a while and you've been through it with me well let's go through it again Jesus' last words were Father, into thy hand I commend my spirit and he died. The actual time of death was about was very soon after three o'clock in the afternoon. At the point of his death, the great temple veil was rent from top to bottom. When you tear a piece of cloth, can you hear it? If you tear a decent piece of cloth, can you really hear it? If you tear a piece of canvas that protects a boat, can you hear it? If you tear a four inch thick tapestry, would you hear it? Oh, Ten blocks. Ripped. The, the hands of Almighty God. At the time of death, there was an earthquake. Rocks were rent and graves were opened. They didn't come out until Jesus rose from the dead three days later. The supervising centurion and his company feared and confessed Jesus as the Son of God. Why would he... I've already said it. Why didn't he say, truly, this man was the king of the Jews? Because he would addressed a spirit above, and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. This supervising centurion, an expert in death, witnessed that Jesus gave up his life. There were many women present as well that had observed the crucifixion from afar. Some women during his ministry, especially in Galilee, had followed and served him. The crowd knew unusual things had happened when Jesus died and smote their breasts before leaving the place with him now motionless, and not speaking. Evening arrived, though still preparation day, so it's late afternoon before Passover Sabbath, likely 4 to 5 p.m. With Passover Sabbath closing, getting closer at 6 p.m., Jews asked for the bodies to be removed from the cross. Soldiers broke the legs of the two thieves between 4 and 5 p.m., but Jesus was already dead. A soldier pierced Jesus' side with a spear, penetrating his heart and lung cavity. The deep and large wound caused blood and water, pericardium and plural effusion to flow out, blood and water. John, the son of Zebedee, the beloved apostle, saw all this and recorded it for us. Joseph of Arimathea was rich, a counselor of the Jews, a disciple and a good man and a just. He had not consented to the decision of the Jewish leadership to crucify our Lord. He also with other disciples waited for the fuller manifestation of the kingdom of God, which was about to come in 50 days the first, uh, first level of that. He had not publicly followed Jesus. He was a closet disciple due to his fear of the Jews. He boldly asked Peter, asked Pilate for Jesus' body about 5 p.m. Soldiers let him take it down from the cross. Pilate marveled that Jesus was dead so soon, so he questioned his centurion to make sure. Joseph had a friend in this endeavor, Nicodemus, the man who first visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus had a mixture of myrrh and aloes, 100 pounds of it, to anoint the body. They together, Joseph and Nicodemus, wrapped the body in linen and put it in Joseph's new sepulcher, hewn from stone and never been used before. This new sepulcher was in a garden close by to Golgotha. They rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and left the scene of Jesus' burial. They did this on the preparation day as the Sabbath day of the Passover was to begin. The Marys and women from Galilee watched what Joseph and Nicodemus did And how they buried the body. They returned to their place. Rested a Sabbath day. Bought and prepared spices on a day after the Sabbath. And then rested the weekly Sabbath. More on that later. Next day, Passover Sabbath, the chief priests and Pharisees asked Pilate for a watch. They recalled Jesus' prophecy to rise from the dead in three days. And they did not want his disciples to make it appear so by stealing his body. They asked for a guard long enough to cover the full three days. Pilate told them to make it as sure as they could. I love those words. And so they did. The Jews took soldiers assigned by Pilate, closed the tomb, sealed it, and set a watch. And so we wait. And so we wait. And so we wait wait until John 20 and verse 1. And up from the grave he arose. That's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's John 19. I hope you appreciate God taking care of his son and turning the, turning the lights back on and sending Joseph and Nicodemus.